Hello, welcome back to the Quack Report. My name is Carter, and with me today is Nate Thomas. How's it going, bud? Pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Do you, do you want a gummy bear? Um, I'm okay right now. You're okay right now. Yeah, All right. Thank you. I take forever to chew them, so yeah. that's fair. Man, if, we, if we had a be annoying for the if we had a camera, I think like to, for the start of the show, people would be really confused at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna let everybody know right now. I had a I got a bag of gummy bears here, and I'm literally just sorting them out by color because that's just a me thing to do. I would save the orange ones for last because those are my those favorites. Are favorite. Those are my mm. favorites. Which ones do you eat first then? I eat the red ones first. Okay. So that's respectful. It's like, it's like the opposite. Red ones of, are pretty good. It's like the opposite of Smarties. Like you're not supposed to eat the red ones first apparently for some reason. But yeah. like, that was like a whole ad marketing thing a while ago. Mm-hmm. For the Americans that don't know, Smarties are kind of like M&M's, but it's yeah. like a Canadian candy. I think they call them rockets down there, I've heard. They're and rockets? then rockets are Smarties. Like they, they switch the names for some reason. I, I don't know if that's true. It sounds super fake, but... Uh, it might be true. But then you never know because like for some reason Canada and the States just like certain things will do differently. Yeah. Um, I know that I know for a fact though that rockets are called um, Smarties down there. Like what we call rockets is Smarties down there. Oh, weird. like the like the sugar pucks basically. Basically, yeah. And they come in like the little tube that you unwrap and yeah. you throw them all in your face. Man, rockets were like, not not that I do any. But rockets were like my introduction into drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I did know guys in like middle school that would crush them up and snort them. Though. Exactly. So, like, those people yeah. are definitely doing cocaine now. Like. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, I remember the big thing in middle or like in middle school was uh, yeah. No, elementary school was rockets. Middle school was crystal light, uh, like crystals. Mm-hmm. Like before you put them into the drink. Yeah. Oh my god, I had the one time where it was like, like vividly remember was uh, was orange orange crystal light. Had it earlier in the day. Because I'm a fucking idiot. And uh, straight up at dinner that night, I like had a massive snot rocket. L- luckily caught it in my hand. But I take a look and I just see it's, it's just pure orange. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no explaining that one. <laughs> no, I, sure. I didn't even want to try to because I'm like, like I'm at the age where I'm like, I'm like okay, I, I know this is stupid and idiotic, but like it's just funny to do. It's more a joke than anything. But also, I really don't need a lecture from my parents right now. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> don't be snorting crystal light because that'll lead to other things and it, it'll lead down the line. Why it, are you snorting crystal light in the first place? It's just like I don't know. I'm 12 and I'm an idiot. All right, it, and I understand. It definitely I'm an idiot. is a gateway. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no way it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crystal light, man. Orange crystal light is a gateway to cocaine. There you go. There's yeah. your story for the. There's your uh, your lesson for the day, kids. <laughs> Speaking of orange, uh, the Ducks did wear their orange jerseys in this last game against Pittsburgh. Um, I can love that segue. Yeah, thank you. I thought really long and hard about that. Um, it, it looked like they definitely did not snort some orange crystal light to start the game because they, they were pretty slow. But maybe they did, you know, halfway through the second because they picked it up. No, they uh, they snorted pre-workout at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it, it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess let's get into uh, this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which was a 3-2 win. The Penguins on a, a pretty bad losing streak, so I'm glad that we were not the ones to uh, end that for them, and we could just keep it going. Yeah. In net for the Ducks was John Gibson. He faced 28, or he sorry, he made 28 saves on the 30 shots he faced for a 9.33 save percentage. For Pittsburgh, Matt Murray was in net. He faced 21 shots, made 18 saves for a 8.57 save percentage. Thoughts on that? Gibson played great. He did, especially against like a powerhouse. Pittsburgh team that you know I was betting against at the beginning of the season I think a lot of people were betting against him at the end of this, or like at the beginning of this uh season because like did not look like it was gonna go well mm-hmm. and then you had Crosby go down on top of it like very early on 
And so it's just like, oh crap. But you know, they've they've uh, they've really gone for it. I forget who their coach's name is, but Nick like, Sullivan. yeah, Nick Sullivan. He definitely has a shot for coach of the year, though. Oh, one hundred percent. So. Yeah. I think every um, year he he should be, but with like the big names on the roster that have it, gone down, like it kind of gets overshadowed. But yeah, now that they've yeah. gone down, like it, it yeah, looks like really what good they on were them, missing so. Crosby for a good chunk of time. Weren't they missing Malkin for a little bit before that? Uh, yeah, because yeah, Mal- yeah, 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 Malkin yeah. was hurt, and then Cros- like when Malkin was back, then Crosby went and got his surgery. Yeah, because he didn't want to let the team down. Gensel, yeah, Gensel's been yeah. out for a long. There's time. There's been so other like, injuries, like like depth wise down the lineup. Yeah, so exactly. Like it's, yeah. It's hurting them for sure. So, um, in terms of Matt Murray though, I know I've said this multiple times. It's just my feeling on it. Matt Murray's a very overrated goalie. I'm going to get a lot of hate from Pittsburgh fans for that, but I think they might also be kind of seeing that as well with the emergence of Tristan Jari this year. Oh, for sure. Um, but I mean like, I don't know, like he had a good game. It's hard to really do a whole lot with like 21 shots right like that's mm. that's on the lower end of what you see in games oh, uh, especially yeah. in like the last five years um yeah so it's, it's hard to do something with that but yeah i mean like this this isn't one of those overrated games i would say for him but this is just another number i guess that kind of reflects that in a way so sort of yeah um no i, I agree for sure um but yeah, you mentioned Judd Gibson though, and how he had a, a great showing. Like he was the reason that the Ducks were in this game early on. Like they just laid a big fat egg for the first thirty minutes. Like it was it was awful. I think shots were like seventeen to five or it six was at one point. Very, it was very high in the, in the first period. Shots were ten to two for Pittsburgh. There you go. So and then like it carried through like at least the first half of the yeah. second period, and then the Ducks finally started to pick it up. But yeah, definitely the John Gib the John Gibson show here. Let's get into the first period of this game. So Ducks really tested early on. Pittsburgh coming out with a lot of jump. Some turnovers in the neutral zone led to some good chances on the rush by Pittsburgh. Uh, they eventually get some zone time. Uh, Chris Letang comes down from the point, um, gets a pass, kind of a backdoor pass, and uh, really tests John Gibson. But Gibson comes up with the big glove save there. Yeah, you don't really see a whole lot of action on either side. Like that's like that uh, Letang shot. I think was. Is the second one for Pittsburgh, like the second of like the second shot of the game, mm-hmm. and you were at like the seven minute mark at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, both goalies not really doing a whole lot at the beginning of the game, so you kind of have to stay sharp at that point. So Ducks eventually get some pressure, and um, they get test Matt Murray with uh, the first shot of the game. Um, about uh, I don't know what that was, about fourteen or fifteen minutes into the the first there, so not looking good there. Uh, they eventually keep the zone pressure. Pick off a breakout pass from Pittsburgh. Make some nice passing. Kiefer Sherwood goes behind the net and just waits for Danton Heinen to get out front. Makes a sweet feed to him. And he puts it on. Takes a couple kind of weird bounces off of, I think it was Murray's blocker. And then uh, the Pittsburgh defender's leg. And then kind of goes up over and in. It, it was it's definitely a weird one. But uh, Heinen's first goal as a duck, I believe. Uh, eighth of the season for him. First assist of the season by Kiefer Sherwood there as well. And uh, other assist goes to Josh Manson. And Ducks are up one nothing in what is largely a Pittsburgh-dominated game so far. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely, uh, this is like one of the prime examples of like, they don't ask how, just how many, right? So like, yeah, just the weird way that this puck went in. So, but I mean, take what you can get. Yeah, definitely. It, it shows, I think, Heinen's um, ability to get to the dirty areas and get kind of the greasy goals, which is something that I think this team needs. You know, it kind of relates back to the whole luck thing, so. After the goal, Pittsburgh uh, really trying to tie up the game, peppering Gibson with quite a few shots. Um, yeah, 
the Ducks didn't get a shot for really the rest of the game. Um, but Gibson or the rest Stanton, of the period or the rest of the period. Yeah, sorry, not the game. They definitely <laughs> got shots in the first period. Carter. Yeah, definitely Come got on. more shots in the period, especially the second one or in the game. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really the John Gibson show in this first period. Like, like I said, like he made some amazing saves on this high-powered offense. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the second period here. So Pittsburgh starts the period with a pretty extended power play. Getzlaff took uh, a pair of penalties at the end of the first, uh, hooking in an unsportsmanlike conduct. Not coming up clutch. Not, not very clutch Come at all. Come on, man. Ducks do kill off the first penalty, but uh, just about 10 seconds into the second one there, they they do capitalize. So uh, really great movement from Pittsburgh, um, which is kind of the staple of their power play, in my opinion. Pedersen takes a shot from the point that is tipped right in front by Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker. And, man, that was a nice tip. Like, just extended his stick out gibson was in position for the save and just tipped it like top corner like yeah. not a not a chance for gibson on that one no not a chance at all yeah uh i mean we talked about that right away uh on the shooting around show when uh this like the deal to get zucker to pittsburgh was made that's terrifying yeah like he was he was good on a mild minnesota wild team yeah and like put him with crosby malkin uh Letang, on a power play it's like it's or awesome. really anybody from pittsburgh but like yeah. just thinking like about first line at least yeah that's scary <laughs> yeah so yeah, and sure. yeah like he 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 showed why in this here like the guy like he didn't even have to really make that opportunity he just kind of knew the spot that he should be in and like i i hate to say it as a as, as the duck side here but that was a beautiful tip in. oh my god yeah it was textbook yeah we're gonna be talking a lot more about jason zucker because he had some some really good plays in this game if not for john gibson this might have been a blowout at the hands of jason zucker so yeah i really yeah. could have actually yeah kind of right on this next play here again with jason zucker uh ducks turned the puck over in the neutral zone uh, i forget who it was but they got like laid out <laughs> at the blue line trying to enter the <laughs> zone just like when you like not even like running into a wall it's like the the wall actually gave you some give and then it was just like no lay down <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um and uh pittsburgh picks up the puck zucker comes in with speed and uh tess gibson tries to go five hole on him but he makes a great save to uh to keep the game tied at one so yeah zucker showing lots of speed very very smart hockey player he really showed on this this play i think lots of Penalties in this game, actually, um, we should mention. Um, Ducks uh, with six power player opportunities. Pittsburgh with five. Both teams just capitalizing once on the power play. It's a fight um, of birds. <laughs> yeah. But Anaheim does get a good shorthanded chance. Kind of a two-on-one, almost three-on-one. Yeah. Um, after, I believe it was Silverberg picked off the pass. He goes in, elects just to, to keep it and go for the shot, which I think is a smart play. Yeah. When you're shorthanded, don't try and force a pass. Just get something greasy. But Yeah, I- Take the opportunity that you can, but don't, I guess, make it risky that you're going to be two or three guys back, and then it's going to be a five-on-one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, whew. Yeah, really smart to force Murray to, to keep the puck and get the, the whistle, because, yeah, like you said, it's going back the other way, potentially. So, um, But yeah, this shorthand, or this penalty kill really looking uh, like it could use some Derek Grant, I think. Yeah, Unfortunately. for sure. Yeah. It still looks good, but I think if Grant is on that penalty kill, we got a shorthanded goal. I think we get him back next year, though. I hope so. So Ducks eventually get some zone time, which is uh, good to see, especially since they're they're down by so many shots. They cause a little bit of chaos in front of Matt Murray uh, on the play. Ryan Getzlaff gets high-sticked by, I believe it was Justin Schultz. Uh, gets the double minor, actually. Ooh, double minor. And uh, on the ensuing power play, 
Sam Steele takes a shot from the the side, which rings off the bar, goes right to Ryan Getzlaff himself. With a wide open net. Yeah, he's not missing that one. I really hope not. No, no, he puts (laughs) that in for his 13th goal of the season. And uh, yeah, Steele with the assist on that one, as well as Milano. So really good to see him on that power play. I like that. Yeah, I really like that too. And Captain Clutch, you know, coming in clutch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Don't capitalize on the rest of the double minor, but if you get one, that's really good, especially when you're the guy that gets the uh that draws the penalty i guess as well. yeah i think it's even better when like the call was made like on you i guess and you're the one who makes them makes the yeah. other team pay for it, just it feels a little better it just feels sure. a little better yeah uh, so really back and forth after that ryan gets laugh goal um penguins even get a, a shorthanded chance brian rest uh sneaking back door on a two-on-one or two-on-two sort of thing um and uh yeah just tips the shot on net and Gibson with the big save to not allow that shorthanded goal. I really thought that was nice. Yeah. And uh, like even throughout kind of that time frame there, you had a couple chances for Anaheim that Murray's like out of position or that sort of thing. Holy crap. That Pittsburgh defense just clearing those pucks. It was yeah, really intense, bailing Murray so, out for sure. Um, but one of those bails does lead to our next goal. Yes, it does. Um, so again, Ducks with the offensive pressure, they, they actually came back to tie the pens and shots late in this period, which is really good to see. Like it was definitely all Anaheim after that double minor. You could see it. And, um, just that swing of momentum. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, so the defense tries to clear the puck, but it goes right back to Brendan Gooley, Murray out of position, defense out of position after that scramble, just throws it on net and it, it beats Murray clean, uh, for actually, I think, no, I think that one tipped off of a Penguins defender, but, yeah, still unassisted, but uh, really good on him to get a goal, just his third of the season uh, in the limited time he has had up here. But, yeah, I really like to see that for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, Gooley kind of throwing the puck on that, uh, like pretty similar to what Lindholm does as well. And mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah, having to make its way through with all kind of the chaos in front. So, yeah, great to see. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Ducks up now 3-1 to one, uh, in the dying minutes of the second period here. So moving on to the third period now, really early on, um, Pittsburgh really trying to come back uh, in this game and and close the gap a little bit. So Crosby goes to Zucker. Zucker then goes back to Crosby. Everybody's out of position. Seemingly, Crosby has an open net, but one man is in the right spot at the right time, and his name is Brendan Gooley. Brendan Gooley! He gets a stick just in the way of Crosby's shot. Just enough. (laughs) And just tips it just over the net, like... Man, did I love that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think we need to sign him to like a 10 mil eight-year contract after, after this game. Because like, man, does that look good. Give him the big bucks. Yeah. Do it, Murray. <laughs> I'm obviously being sarcastic for those of you that are like, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. But like, he, he, he deserves to be re-signed. Yeah. So really back and forth play now. Um, Ducks with opportunities. Pens with opportunities. Ducks seem to get a little scrambly uh, on one of them with Crosby trying to bank a shot off of like a, a scrambling John Gibson, but he manages to keep it out. Zucker with a post as well on the rush. Um, yeah, Ducks with a little bit of zone time. Not a lot of shots, but enough to prevent the, the Penguins from coming back as well. So really like to see that. So in the dying minutes of the game, Penguins pull the goaltender. Ducks can't quite get the empty net. Zucker picks up the puck again, enters the zone, very similar to the, the last opportunity we talked about there. Picks the other side of the net. Didn't really like what he saw on the other side. Didn't want to hit that post again. Goes for the other side and just rips it right past John Gibson. Uh, man, does he have a release of a shot. Oh, yeah, he does. That's and uh Yeah, I know I had asked you earlier today, like, 
uh, as we were just watching the highlights to refresh ourselves again, uh, how many shots he had. You said it was three shots? Three, yeah. Three shots. So three shots, two goals. He also hit two posts, I think. So really five shots. Like there was no stopping Zucker in this game. Yeah, no, he is scary. I don't like him on Pittsburgh. I wanted him to just be mild <laughs> in Minnesota forever yeah. because like, I mean, I mean, I don't because uh, he <laughs> you, can be on you Pittsburgh. Want, you want good play players twice, to succeed. So like, yeah, exactly. Um, like as Anaheim or like as the Oilers or even as the Flames, like we only play Pittsburgh twice until yeah. Maybe the Stanley Cup Finals, but like, man, does Ooh, hot man does Zucker right make this team? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, man, does Zucker make this Pittsburgh team just so much better? Yeah, it's actually insane. Like, just even more dangerous if that's possible. Yeah. So and like everybody thought that they were in decline, in decline again, myself included. Yeah. So so yeah, three two now, and uh, with just about a minute and a half left to go in this game, three two in favor of the Ducks. Pittsburgh with lots of pressure to end off the, the period and the game as well. Unfortunately, can't capitalize. Um, unfortunate for them. Fortunate for us. <laughs> yeah, fortunate for us. <laughs> um, yeah, John Gibson making some big saves. Defense coming up big as well for the Ducks um, to stop the onslaught of shots from the Penguins there. So final thoughts about this game. I was really happy that we contributed to Pittsburgh's five-game losing streak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. So we uh, we made a bet on our own show, the Shooting Around show, which uh, new episodes every Monday, in case you were wondering. I had made a bet at the beginning of the season that Pittsburgh wasn't going to make the playoffs. And what it was, it was 10 bucks from each of you, or I give 10 bucks to each of you if we got it. So, you know, that Eastern, uh, what they're in the Metro, um, it's gotten a little bit tighter now. And Pittsburgh on that five game losing streak, they're third, I think, in the Metro now. And uh, you know, it's, it's looking a little, little little brighter for me now. So It is, yeah. Besides that, I mean, this was a great game, I think, by either side. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh really anticipated Anaheim coming out this hard. Um, and I think that's going to be a lot of teams who have already played them this season uh, before this trade deadline that we just had uh, last week, right? This is a bit of a new look ducks already with some of the moves that Murray made on uh, that Monday there. And um, it's, it's looking deadly already. So it is. Yeah. There's definitely a bright future. There's a lot of competition for spots now. Um, Like you said, totally new lineup. I mean, went through like six trades on the last episode. So with, uh, with hope that uh, Derek Grant is able to resign back in Anaheim again. Mm -hmm. And isn't Kasha on the end of a, isn't he a UFA or no? I th- I, no, maybe not actually. Um, I, th- I think he signed next year as well, but like, yeah, I think he, I think he has term for what we got from Boston in exchange for him, like outside of David Backus. But yeah, no, like if we're if we're able to get uh, even Grant back, like just just one guy out of the guys that we were able to send off for additional pieces, man, look out next year, honestly. Yeah, yeah, this team could look good. I, I, I think next year they'll be kind of like more of the bubble team like trying to figure themselves out pushing for a playoff spot two three years down the road they're going to be a contender again if if they can keep this up anyways and sign re-sign the guys that they they have now so yeah it's gonna look um, good back to Casher, yeah his his contract ends uh after next season with boston so possibly could get him back but uh depending on how he does in boston might all right so um because the anaheim ducks roster looks so different now uh, as we just talked about uh, I thought maybe we should take a look at the the Lions now that they've kind of had a few games to figure out who has chemistry together and who's who's kind of playing together right now. So uh, I think that this is largely what we're going to see for the rest of the season. So I think it's kind of safe to talk about it. So 
Um, yeah, let's start, I guess, just with the top forward line. Ryan gets laughs, centering Sonny Milano and Ricard Raquel. What are your initial thoughts about that? Milano just making an impact right away getting here. Mm-hmm. Here and in that spot, yeah, for sure. Like, even the, like the few games that he's played, right? Like, he's just, he's shown already that he's that guy. And, uh, yeah, definitely a, uh, a valuable pickup for us. Getzlaff and Raquel can't really argue with them still being on that top line, right? No. Like you got your captain and Raquel's been doing well this year. So yeah, these are these are all three guys that deserve to have those minutes. So it's not trying to space it out or anything like that. It's well deserved. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second line, uh, we've got Adam Adam Henrique with Danton Heinen and Kiefer Sherwood. So a couple of young guys there with uh, veteran in Henrique. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. And, you know, Sherwood, we'll see what kind of what happens for the rest of the season. He could be going back to San Diego at some point as well. But that's a great spot to put him for the moment. Yeah, like you just said, young guys playing with a veteran. And that's a, yeah, that's a solid second line, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, third line, we've got Max Jones, Sam Steele, and Jacob Silverberg. I feel like this is actually the true second line, but just kind of how it's written here. Um, but yeah, just another... I, you could really argue that you have... Two, two second, second lines, lines. Yeah. yeah yeah um just with these pairings uh yeah Steele's having a great season max is having a or uh, yeah jones is having a great season uh silverberg we know he's been leading the pack as well and uh yeah this is definitely a lot more of a second line to me but you do really have like a 2a 2b in mm-hmm. uh in this lineup now so yeah for sure um uh I kind of consider, uh, at least on this line, Silverberg to be a little bit of a veteran. He's He's been with the system for a few years now. So um, kind of showing the young guys how the Ducks play and giving them a little bit more NHL experience, but also still being young. I, I think that that's really beneficial for them as well. Fourth line, we've got Nick Delorier with new acquisition from uh, Pittsburgh, I guess, Andrew Agazzino and uh, Carter Rowney on that, that fourth line. Solid fourth line. Yeah, it's... The whole way through, it's a group that, like, sure, there's there's lines that are better than others, but, like, you have a challenge against each line. So, and they can really, like, any of our lines can really match up against anyone else's. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's first or fourth, so. Yeah, definitely. We'll get into defense as well, since there was some changes there. Lindholm is with Josh Manson on the first pairing. Uh, also, keep in mind, Fowler is out for, for those that might have forgotten. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a solid top pairing. I'd say that's that's who my pick would be with Fowler out. Um, who you'd want to be playing the most minutes. So yeah, for sure. Uh, second pairing we've got Jacob Larson with Michael Delzato. A couple veteran guys who are able to bring up that second pairing looking mm-hmm. good. Definitely. And uh, Christian Juice is on the third pairing with Matt Irwin. Uh, two new acquisitions, just putting them together right away. Even yeah, like having kind of the the mutual feeling of being the new guys in the room. It could work out really great chemistry-wise for those two guys, right? Because you're both in that situation. You gravitate gravitate towards each other, and uh, you're able to make something work. So I'm sure we might see the defense kind of shuffle around over Definitely. the next couple of games still. These aren't set in stone. Uh, I think the forwards are a lot more set in stone, but um, yeah, I think we'll see this defense shift just a little bit, especially like just mainly in the bottom two pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like same thing as the forward lines. This looks good all the way through either way so yeah for sure and i think once fowler comes back too he's able to play you know maybe with lindholm maybe with larson i, I think del Zotto's still a solid seventh defenseman but i think matt Irwin 
also fills that role. Even You can even argue Christian Juice uh, as well. Yeah, um, I was going to say with Fowler, when Fowler comes back, who do you who do you take out, Irwin or Juice? I, I would take out Irwin, and I, I would kind of cycle him with Michael Delzato and Christian Juice as well. Mostly Irwin and Delzato, uh, I, I, just because I think that Delzato fits that seventh D role better. Um, and I think Christian Juice has really earned his spot. Not to say Delzato hasn't, but... I think that it's it just provides you with options of cycling two guys in, one guy out. And it's like playing for a couple games. All right, let's bring this guy in for someone who maybe didn't have a great couple games and then give him an, another chance a couple games later. I, I think that you can keep your, your defense well-rested this way. Yeah, I think I would remove uh, Christian Juice from that and just leave it with Delzato and Irwin, honestly. Juice has been, from at least like what I've seen, uh, Juice has been really good on mm. that uh, that power play unit. Actually, Definitely. that's true. I with, forgot with he was on that power play unit. With the and stuff like yeah. that, so yeah, I would just yeah, I agree with you completely. I would just take Juice out of that equation, just rotate between Delzato and Irwin. So yeah, no, for sure. Going back to the forwards here, I do think that there is a lot of potential for for the wingers to to shift up and down. I really like the centers, um, having Getzlaff, Henrique, Steele, and Egazino down the middle. Uh, I think that the wingers can really shuffle until lines click I, I i think the only exception to that really is that milano yeah yeah, yeah um, milano's gotta stay there i think at this point yeah I, I think sherwood might see some time on that top line if he keeps playing well with henrik uh even silverberg might get a chance up there to give raquel an opportunity to click with some of the younger guys yeah i, I really think those top three lines are really um i guess volatile in in that way that they can be shuffled around so but yeah i do really like the looks of this i think there's a lot of potential on this team for sure all right, before we uh, move into the upcoming games, the last part of the segment, since there isn't really any news um, now that trade deadline has died out. Um, it's been just, a very slow week, like just all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, before we get it to the end of the episode, we just want to talk to you guys about Cool Hockey. Um, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you already know all about them. But if you're new, um, we'll give you the rundown of them. So since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. Quality is just as important just as important to them as it is to you, and that's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the specifications of the NHLPA. Cool Hockey stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Reebok, and CCM, and hand stitches them in their 15,000 square foot state-of-the-art production facility in Toronto, Ontario to ensure the most authentic customization possible. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all their products. Cool Hockey staff live and breathe hockey just like you guys, and it really shows in their work. So find out for yourself why CoolHockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. If you're in the market for a new jersey, specifically a customized one, maybe with your name on the back or or a Sunny Milano jersey, Sunny Milano, they have updated and they have all the uh, they have a lot of the new acquisitions for any of the 31 teams right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, you can use the promo code Custom C U S T O M if you don't know how to spell it, and they'll give you free customization, hand stitched customization, I should Oof. say. Um, so again, that's the promo code Custom. They're always cycling their deals in and out. So if you're in the market for a custom jersey, definitely pull the trigger now. Don't try and wait for that uh also by using the link that we supply in our description to coolhockey.com uh we can receive commission off of each purchase made through the link this helps us to make some dough which we can use for future giveaways that we'd like to do um that's kind of one thing we're hoping to do potentially is like uh maybe a jersey giveaway at the end of the year or at least a hat or something like that 
Um, or, you know, just we can use the money to for other things to make the Quack Report better just for everybody else. Could be we'd love to do video at some point. Um, even go check out a Ducks game uh, the next time they come to Calgary, which is uh, in March, I think. And Calgary is the closest spot for us. Um, you know, just things like that. So, um, yeah, any help that you guys can do would be awesome. And on top of it, you get some pretty good deals and some uh, some jerseys. Yeah, for sure. And because of the success of uh, this, as well as other affiliates that we talk about, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network has actually partnered with Cool Hockey as well as Tankathon, the draft lottery simulation site, uh, as well as um, uh, other lottery and draft-related um, products. But that's kind of their, their big one. So if you visit tankathon.com slash NHL and click Sim Lottery until you get an outcome you like, you can then screenshot that 15-team uh, draft lottery outcome. Post that on Twitter, uh, as well as tagging a friend um, as a reply to um, the Hockey Podcast Network, I guess, contest poster, if you want to call it that. Uh, and you can actually win a $200 gift card courtesy of coolhockey.com. So yeah, it's as simple as just hitting Sim Draft Lottery, posting it as a reply to this main tweet on HockeyPodNet, and uh, tagging a friend as well. And then uh, if you retweet the poster to share it, you also have to be following HockeyPodNet, Cool Hockey, and Tankathon on Twitter. And uh, yeah, the contest for that closes April 4th at midnight and is open right now. So your chance to win a $200 gift card to CoolHockey.com, which is the equivalent of a free jersey. Pretty much a free jersey, yeah. yeah. And that would probably be like a hand-stitched one as well if you wanted it to. Like that's a a pretty big contest we actually have going on right now. Yeah, really... It costs you nothing but a few seconds of your time as well. So uh, it's, it's also fun. Yeah, you can go to our Twitter account at Quack Report Pod, and uh, we'll have the uh, poster posted on there as well that links back to the main network account. So uh, just as easy as going on Twitter, which maybe you're even on right now already. So just listening, and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. Might yeah, as well for sure. Yeah, Definitely. it'll take it'll take like not even five minutes of your time for a chance to win a free hand-stitched jersey. Yeah. Like, the exact same as Getzlaff, Milano, the, the exact same thing that they wear. So Yeah. Man, I wish I could enter it, too. Be pretty sweet. Yeah. I'd love a free jersey. All right. Well, let's move on to our upcoming games. So, first one to talk about, uh, Ducks starting a bit of a road trip here. Uh, just a short one, a couple games in Chicago. This game is on Tuesday, March 3rd. This game will be at 4.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Pacific Time. This will be the third and final meeting between the Ducks and the Blackhawks, last one being on January 11th, uh, which was a 4-2 loss for the Ducks. Um, one before that was a 3-2 loss, so Blackhawks uh, already leading, leading the three-game season series 2 nothing, but a chance to make it a little bit more respectable for the Ducks here. Do you want to give us some stats for the Blackhawks? Do I have for? to? Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) All right, so leading the Chicago Blackhawks with 65 games played is Patrick Kane. He has scored 28 goals and 50 assists for 78 points on the year. Right behind him is his buddy Jonathan Taves, 65 games played also, 17 goals, 39 assists for 56 points. And uh, third there with 63 games played, 29 goals, 15 assists for 44 points is Dominic Kubelik. Yeah, he's uh, he's looked really good. Uh, I think... January's rookie of the month if I recall correctly and uh yeah really come out and uh had some chemistry with Jonathan Taves and has earned his spot on the top line there Brandon Saad also on that top line with those two yeah this kid's just going off and it it, it is fun to watch like all the young guys going at it and yeah especially in Chicago still having chemistry with the the older guys as well or not older but veterans yeah veterans yeah 
I think it just shows like almost the hockey IQ that uh, uh, Dominic has here. So like Definitely. that he's able to play with those guys right away and do really well. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's get into the lines here. First line I already told you about: uh, Kubalik, Taves, and Sod. Second line is Alex Nylander with Dylan Strom and Patrick Kane. Uh, again, a couple of young guys with veteran in Patrick Kane there. Third line, Alex DeBrincat with Kirby Doc and Drake Kajula. And fourth line, Matthew Highmore with David Kampf and Ryan Carpenter. Yeah, I mean, this is a Chicago team that looked like they could still do something coming into this season, but haven't quite done maybe what they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, still, still in in the hunt for a playoff yeah, spot. Still, yeah, still, yeah, still in the hunt. Don't count, to. don't count them out. But it's that, de- yeah, it's definitely not the last decade of uh, arguably what you would consider a dynasty. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, these forward lines look great. There's lots of potential here as well. So, um, moving on to defensive pairings, we got Duncan Keith with Adam Boquist, Oli Matta with Slater Kokowek, and third pairing with Lucas Carlson and Connor Murphy. Um, missing some key guys. Yeah, missing okay. a few. Who are they? Who are they missing? Because I like I can tell there's there's names missing. But. Seabrook. Um, Seabrook's been a whole story in itself. Yeah. Calvin DeHaan is the other one. Um, and then other injuries are Andrew Shaw and Zach Smith. But those guys are forwards. So. Yeah. In regards to that defense, like it's it's not what it used to be. That's mm. for sure. Um, some interesting pieces in there though. I'm really interested to see honestly just how long Duncan Keith can continue to perform at. So, yeah, cause he's, he's, been, he's been around for a long time. He has, yeah. As long, if not longer, uh, than Taves and Kane. So. I believe longer. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of time left, but he's still he's still playing well. So, might as well keep doing it. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to get into the goalies here? We got Corey Crawford and then a new acquisition at the trade deadline, Malcolm Subban, who was acquired in the trade with uh, Robin Lehner. Yeah, so I'll I'll start with Sue Ben. Um, so with uh, mind you, this was these are stats with the Vegas Golden Knights, not the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Sue Ben played twenty games, has a nine seven and three record, a three one eight goals against, and a eight nine zero save percentage. Um, but then you know mainstay in Chicago, there Corey Crawford uh, has played thirty five games this year, has a thirteen eighteen and three record. Uh, a two eight four goals against and a nine one five save percentage. Obviously, this is after the trade deadline, and Robin Lehner was the second goalie for Chicago um, throughout most of the season, and that was a that was a tandem that gave Chicago a chance to m- make some noise. Still, I think. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. I'm very surprised by the move. What I've been kind of hearing, actually, the reason that because I was kind of wondering why. They would have traded Leonard um, outside of the reason of like, oh, we can get him back in the summer. But it does sound like it was because of uh, extension negotiations. Um, and uh, it sounded like Laner's party was potentially wanting two or more years uh, of term. And uh, Chicago management just didn't want to commit to that. They wanted another one year? Yeah. Really? Yeah, which that, is a little surprising. Odd, yeah. So, hmm. but, but yeah, uh, I mean, Crawford's still a good goalie. Subban... Yeah, he's been up and down, but also can't take him lightly as well. I think the more shots you can get on him, the better, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Sub- I, we talked about Subban just recently because he was still on Vegas at the time. But uh, I don't know. He's a goalie that he's not. Well, he's definitely not, not overrated by any means. No. I just don't think he is an NHL backup. No, at least not yet. He needs. Yeah. He needs maybe another year. 
or two or year and a half like in, down in the AHL to like really find his game I think but yeah he's either not ready or he's just a going to be a career AHL starter I think yeah I was going to say I know like early on in his career there's a lot of seeming potential for him to be a starter for uh Boston where he was drafted but it just really hasn't gone that way you get a chance in Vegas to play alongside like you know Flurry's going to be the number one guy when you get there mm-hmm. but you get a lot more of a chance right away than Boston ever gave um and even then I don't think he overly capitalized on it so definitely not an NHL starter anymore but even with his time in Vegas I just don't think he really has what it takes to be a backup even so yeah yeah time will tell I guess um do you have a prediction for the score in this game um whether we see Crawford or Subban uh I think just because Chicago is kind of in the hunt I feel like we could see Corey Crawford um I don't think they're on any back-to-back with no, this game no, either. No, they, they do have a back-to-back um, following this. Like, they have day off and then back-to-back. Um, yeah. So maybe they'll want to get Subban in the system before then, but I really doubt it. Yeah. I, like you said, because they're in the hunt, I think they're going to... Yeah, so I, I think we're going to see Crawford, but I'm... Oh, man. It's an interesting spot that I'm in actually making predictions now because you're not going like, oh, like, Anaheim could maybe do something, but probably won't, like, even against a team like Chicago, like... Anaheim's been on a roll lately. They have. Um, uh, I, I, I guess mean, we haven't mentioned this. Uh, they're on a three three game point streak. Won their last two and lost in overtime to Vegas before that. So and uh, yeah, we're recording at two forty five Mountain Time. Um, I believe, but we do play New Jersey tonight, being yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Um. So it, it's later on. So I guess we'll see how uh, Anaheim does against New Jersey as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I mean that could change my prediction as well. But to put on for this, I'm going to call a 4-2 Ducks win. Okay. I, I was going to say 3-2 Ducks win uh, regulation. So, yeah, we're in the same kind of ballpark there as well. I just think the firepower that Anaheim has been showing lately, like, if it's sustainable, can beat uh, this Chicago team. Yeah, I, I think for the next, like, five or so games, the young guys are really going to be... Going uh, off. Showing that spark, yeah, going off. Um, and, and I think that it's really going to show on the, the score sheet and get us some wins i think once the playoffs are like at the door it's going to fall off i think the teams are just going to be like the teams that are in the hunt are going to be absolutely insane and yeah. almost impossible to beat um so but yeah at least for the next five games it's going to be pretty good for for life in anaheim as a ducks fan so yeah um but let's get to uh this next game here uh, against the colorado avalanche March 4th, uh, Wednesday, so the second half of a back-to-back uh, involved with the Chicago game here. Last time we played the Avs, uh, just recently actually, February 21st, that was a one nothing loss to the Avalanche. Uh, season series is tied at 1 as we beat them 5-2 on October 26th. Yes, yeah, so that was just like last week. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this will be the final meeting of the season between the Ducks and Avs as well. Oh, uh, game will be at 530 Eastern Time, 8.30 Pacific. All right, so we'll get into some uh, some stat leaders there for Colorado. Of course, Nathan McKinnon leading the way, 64 games played, 33 goals, 52 assists for 85 points. Rookie sensation, Kel McCarr, 56 games played, 12 goals, 35 assists for 47 points. And Andre Burakovsky, 58 games played, 20 goals, 25 assists for 45 points. Yeah, we just talked about them. Uh, guys like Ranton and Landeskog have been injured, so... That's why they're not in that top three, but in terms of point per game, they're they're putting up insane numbers for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, top line right now, they've got McKinnon and Landeskog with Valerie Nikushkin, so they have 
well, I guess they have broken up that top line, but it's because Rantanen is still injured. Second line, JT Comfer with Matt Nieto, Jonas Donskoy. Third line, Tyson Jost, Vladislav Nemesnikov with Martin Kaut. Martin Kaut. And fourth line, Pierre-Edward Belmar with Logan O'Connor and Mark Barbario. Those first two lines, I mean, it's a repeat of what we just talked about like a week ago. Those first two lines, insanely dead, like insanely deadly. And this isn't a takeaway from Landis Gog or any of those other guys as well. But if you can shut down Nathan McKinnon, you have a very good chance of actually winning this game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this is also winnable just with how many injuries are on this um, Colorado roster. Guys like Nazem Kadri, uh, Matt Calvert, good depth guy, Miko Rantanen, as we already said, Andre Burakovsky, who was what, third in points? Yeah, he was third. Um, yeah, and he's had an unreal season with them as well. Colin Wilson, another depth guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking pretty rough in Colorado, but they're still putting up the wins because they are so deep. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. If you can shut down McKinnon and his, what, 84 points or whatever yeah. it was. like Yeah, 80, uh, 85. 85, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, you definitely have a chance. Obviously, you still have to look out for Landeskog and the depth on this team, but like, it, it makes it possible. Defensive pairings. Ryan Graves is with Kale McCarr on that top line. Sam Girard and Eric Johnson make up the second pairing, and Nikita Zadorov and Ian Cole are the third pairing. Go back to a couple weeks ago, or a week ago, a couple episodes ago to hear my thoughts on that. It's pretty yep. much the exact same, so yep. not a whole lot has changed. Mm-hmm. Looks good, really. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, goaltenders with uh, Grubauer being injured, uh, Pavel Francouz, uh, I guess, officially the starter, and Michael Hutchinson who was acquired at the trade deadline um, is the backup right now. Yeah, I can get into those here. So do you want me to talk the Grubauer stats or because he's not going to be relevant to this game, just miss, skip him? Uh, yeah, yeah, just skip him. Okay. It says out indefinitely. Uh, so yeah, probably not going to see really him really sucks for my fantasy team, honestly, right now. Okay, so we'll start with uh, Pavel Francouz there. Uh, he's played 29 games this season, has a 19-5-3 record. A two two four goals against and a nine two nine safe percentage. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, new acquisition to the uh, Colorado Avalanche on trade deadline was Michael Hutchinson from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, this season, he played fifteen games for the Leafs, has a four nine and one record, a three six six goals against average, and a eight eight six save percentage. Uh, as someone who has watched a fair amount of Leafs games this year, while Hutchinson maybe isn't the greatest goaltender by any means, he can be a serviceable backup. The numbers really don't look good just because of uh, early on in that Toronto season, a lot of back-to-backs, and then head coach Mike Babcock was really just putting him in a position to fail, essentially. So um, I think these numbers are a little skewed. I mean, over his career, the guy's played 126 games, has a 50, 52, and 14 record, but his numbers look a lot better at a 281 goals against any 905 save percentage. Yeah, so, yeah, those numbers look good. The wins, losses is just brought down by what you just talked about yeah, in Toronto there. So, so I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like we could be seeing actually Hutchinson in this game if he hasn't played by this point. Though I also wouldn't be surprised by France. So, so really, I don't have a prediction for this one. Just. Actually, no, I'll, I'll go with Hutchinson. Just because Colorado is pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot at this point, it's more a race for that first in the central for Colorado at this point. So, yeah, yeah, um, sure. yeah I think we might see Hutchinson in this game to get him his, his first game in the, the maroon and blue or whatever what colors you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think we might be seeing Hutchinson in this game. 
Yeah, no, I agree as well. Um, and, and just to build on what you were talking about, about Hutchinson there, uh, I, I think that he works best with a good defense in front of him. I mean, obviously every goaltender does, yeah. but like <laughs> there, there's certain goaltenders that, that work better when they face a lot of shots. You know, I, I think Freddie Anderson in Toronto as the starter might even be one of them. Gibson's another one of those guys as well. Yeah, Gibson say. goes off when you see a lot of shots going. Yeah, but with Toronto's system, like their system is outscore your opponent and it doesn't matter if you let in six goals. If you yeah. score seven... Like that's what matters. Yeah, that, that's well, kind of there was system. the one game against Carolina. I think the final score was like eight to seven or eight six. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so they're not as concerned about defense and, and just kind of hope that the goalies make a few saves that maybe they shouldn't. And I don't think Hutchinson yeah. is like that. I think he, I think he'll just do a lot better in Colorado with uh, the the defense that we have. I mean, we just talked about them. It's disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. it's both offensive and defensive. Like even Kale McCarr is uh, very good. Uh, very good defensively even though he's a rookie and puts up a thousand points yeah exactly yeah uh, i think that hutchinson is going to be fine there i I know we've shit on him a lot in the past (laughs) but yeah i think he's gonna really flourish there not overly meaning just more of a thought that came into my head man i would not want to see hutchinson with the toronto defense right now i like they're missing i think four of their top six guys right now like it looks like they're it's essentially their minor league defense right now and it's kind of scary it it would be bad cool man (laughs) um do you have a a score prediction for this game i know you already said goaltenders i'm gonna call 2-1 for the ducks interesting i think it's gonna be a tight game and we've seen it especially in like these last couple of weeks even with like with the changes and without that anaheim really plays to a high level I mean, we just talked about the Pittsburgh game. They play to a very high level when we're playing against high-level teams. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, even look at the last game we played against Colorado. It was a one nothing game Yeah, that really went back and forth mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So um, I think it's going to be another goalie battle depending on who's in net. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be tight. So yeah, I'll say 2-1 for the Ducks. Okay. I'm going to call 4-2 uh, just for the same reason, I think. Winner or little- loss? Oh, sorry. Uh, loss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think the <laughs> well, very opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, um, but no, I think that I, I agree with you. The Ducks play up to to good teams, and then they just play okay against mediocre and teams that are, are lower in the standings. So, but yeah, I, I think four two. Um, I think it's still going to be a great game. It just comes down to you know a couple extra bounces, which the Ducks never really seem to get. Empty net, something like that. A- an empty net to to capitalize it maybe or just like a late goal like i i really don't know but uh yeah i'm gonna call four two um what you said a uh, goalie battle for sure um but who do you think that the ducks are gonna play since this is a back-to-back situation <sighs> against chicago and then colorado i'm gonna say that they play miller against chicago save gibson for um colorado see that was my first thought as well i'm like well you're playing colorado in the second half but also We've seen Dallas Eakins make some odd choices in that way that he goes. Like, he'll play Gibson against a weaker team and then play Miller the next day against a stronger team. That's true. We have seen So, that. like, man, like after... Like it's, it's almost harder to predict at this point just because Dallas could just be like, I don't know, here you go, have that one. Mm-hmm. Like, he just kind of, like, didn't see the teams beforehand. And, like, it, it's worked out for him at times. Don't get me wrong. Like Miller's sure. been spectacular yeah. when he's had to, yeah. he's had to play or that sort of thing. I have no, I have no issues with Ryan Miller. Praise Miller. Praise Miller. Um, oh man, it's so j- just for the sake of being different, I'll say that it's Gibson starting game one with Miller playing against Colorado, okay. just to be different from you. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. It could go either way. Really, it's 
I mean, with all these predictions, it's basically impossible, and we're just trying to have fun and then brag when we get it. But like, really, our our record is like god awful. It's not even yeah, not even good as, as like a MLB batting average. Like it's, it actually <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like I, like I can I can tell you like kind of just my thought process being being both a goalie myself and having coached right and just kind of like my mentality going into it, what I'm thinking about and whatnot. But like just the way that Dallas Eakins has sometimes thrown uh Gibson and Miller into some of these back-to-back situations just it doesn't make me question him it just kind of makes me question like actually who's going to be playing because you never really know honestly because like you said it has he's made questionable moves that have worked out in his favor so like I mean good on him if it works it works but silent genius yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it could go either way those are our predictions those are our thoughts and all that so um thanks for listening to them again (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um don't forget about the tankathon cool hockey HockeyPodNet partnership and uh, tweet that draft sim lottery. We want to see what you guys think is going to happen. You can hit that button as many times as you want. I've got, I don't think we've said that. Mm. So if you don't like your first sim, it doesn't have to be that one. You know, just hit it. Oh yeah, yeah. The it. yeah, sorry. The, yeah, the screenshot that you put in there is like you can yeah press it as many times as you want. When you find one that you really like, go ahead yeah. and post well, it. Yeah, because it's based on accuracy. It, closest to fifteen out of fifteen gets it. If you get fifteen out of fifteen, great. Well, yeah. I mean, props to you. You're you're a genius or just really lucky, but. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. This podcast is a production of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to check out more podcasts from the perspectives of other teams, you can check out the other shows on the network. Uh, they have one for each of the 31 H- each of the 31 NHL teams, as well as Tales with Terry Ryan and Ice Analytics that come out on Friday and Saturday. You can follow our show on Twitter at Quack Report Pod. You can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net, which you have to do if you want to enter the contest. And if you would like to hear more from us, you can listen to our own show, The Shooting Around Show, where new episodes come out every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow that show on Twitter at Shooting Around. Thank you guys for listening, and go Ducks, go!